Would you stand with me, please? I'm going to pray and give you the passage where I'll be reading from today. Our great and awesome Father, we are so thankful to you for your goodness and your love, for the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We realize and recognize that, Lord, it is you that pursued us. We are sinners saved by grace. We must understand that, God, it was your mercy, your grace, your blood that came after us. While we were yet sinners, Lord Jesus Christ died for us. And today, we thank you. For those that are not feeling well in their bodies, we pray that you will bless them and help them right now. Pray that you will bring a healing that you, Lord, will touch in a special way. We do honor you today. We love you for who you are. We give glory to you. In the powerful, in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. You may be seated. Today I was leaving the house, and right when I was stepping into my van, I realized that my tire was flat. I heard something on Thursday, and I drove the van. I drove it. Hey, that Jamon's? Oh, I, I'm sorry. for the, I got to stop. That's Sister Florence, the son, right there. Oh, Lord. She got him here. Right there. Pe- yes, yes. Uh, uh, Pep, we're going to take him and Kevin on two on two, you and me against them. <laughs> well, y'all, excuse me. I'm just so informal. I'm just, don't, don't, don't expect any tradition from me. I may just say anything. <laughs> he thought he could take me in basketball. I was short, but I could jump. My sport was baseball, but, but when my dad had a hoop up there, he, me and Jamal and Sean Harness went up one Sunday night, played in the dark, had a light on. Tell him, Jamal, what happened. Don't, 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 don't lie. You're in church. Don't lie. <laughs> but on Thursday, I was driving home, and I had some food, was taking it to a, a shelter, and I started hearing this noise in my car, my tire, and I said, I think I have a flat. So as I drove, I said, well, I'm close to home. It's no point in stopping right now. So I pulled up and got out of the car before parking, looked at all the tires. said, no, don't see anything. Tire's okay. Drove my other car on Friday and didn't even think about looking. And I even moved the van yesterday, moved it over and put my wife's car next, and then loaded the car this morning, early, and was just about... Just about, thank you. That's, that's my wife, thank you. <laughs> just about to leave. And I just don't know, I just went like, you know, you take those, those double looks? Well, I looked and the tire was flat. I went, oh no. And then I saw this big bolt in the tire. Well, I went back inside. Honey, I got a flat. She says, well... Thank the Lord. You never, never know what he's doing. It's all in his will. Something, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, he knew. So I unloaded my van and put all that stuff in my little car <laughs> right out there. So Bridget, dolls in the pantry, I, we're going to have to load my wife's car and I can take maybe two or three boxes today or whatever's left <laughs> for the pantry. But thank God I made it because I don't think Y'all didn't want me to be here. Don't answer that. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. (laughs) But I am grateful to be here today. 
Brother Devin, are you still here? Right there. Uh, my good friend, Brother Devin Otten, who was working, he has another job now for KFAX, and um, was the one who just became good friends, was the one who was the one that was assigned to work with me, and, and I just want to thank him. He sent a text earlier this morning. He was here not long ago, and said, I'll see you this afternoon. So thank you, Brother Devin. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to be reading today kind of a lengthy passage, but I'll be reading Matthew 27:54 and then 28, 1 through 15. And then I'm going to read verses, uh, chapter 16 of Matthew, verses 13 through 16, just for the context. And so I want to give you those passages. I'm going to begin in Matthew chapter 27, verse 54. This is what it says. I'm reading from the ESV. When the centurion and those who were with him Keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake. Okay, don't worry about that. I'll just read this. It's only the one verse. And then we'll go to 28. So that's fine. This is what it says in 2754. It says, When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. 28, 1 through 15. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient, a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers. They bribed them and said, tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Matthew sixteen thirteen through 16. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. May God bless the reading of his word. 
As a title, I've given this message, Confirmation That Jesus Rose From The Dead. Confirmation That Jesus Rose From The Dead. I was going to read some passages in chapter 27, but I decided not to. When we consider the greatest event that ever occurred, the birth and the resurrection, when we consider this, We have to keep in mind that God had already determined before the earth began that Christ would come to die for our sins. He had already prepared the venue, the way, for us to be reconciled back to God. Why? Because we blew it way back in the garden. As Adam and Eve sinned, their sin was transferred to us. You know that you cannot get to God on your own? Do you know that? You say, I I must be able to bring something. The Lord says that all of our righteousness is just like filthy rags. When the women went to the tomb, they were going there for the purpose of anointing the body of Jesus. Because of the haste of Good Friday, because of the haste of no bodies being left on a cross, There was not proper preparation that they could make before he was put in the tomb. But you need to also understand that Nicodemus had already anointed the body because in another passage you'll find that he was there. Then there was also another woman prior to this time who had come in and anointed Jesus when the the disciples got upset and said, Why this waste when she poured all this expensive perfume on his feet? He said, this is done in preparation for my burial. So even though Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were thinking, what are we going to do as they were going to the tomb? Jesus had been anointed. One of the things that is most intriguing is that the Lord had been telling his disciples that I'm going to die. I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again. And I want you to know, and I don't want you to be like people that don't have a hope. I'm going to rise. And and while they didn't understand it, it needed to be done. Do you not know that there are sometimes some things that you need that's good for you, but you don't like it? My parents used to try to tell me that with medicine. It's good for you. So I don't want to take it, though. It's nasty. I don't like that. Some people had to take castor oil. I didn't like, I did not me, no. And I tell you this, there's a particular type of food I don't like. To this day, I won't eat peas. I eat greens, I'll eat cabbage. Peas, lima beans, no, no, no. As soon as I got old enough to eat what I wanted, peas was off the menu. Don't please, don't come trying to surprise me and make some peas and say, here, pass it. It's not going home with me. <laughs> I love stream beans. Peas. But there are some things that, that's good for us, but we may not like. There are some things where the Lord has taken us through. We may not even like the direction that he's taken us through, but he has a plan for our life. And we sometimes say, God, what are you, what are you doing? You see, God can see the beginning From the end of the end, from the beginning. The fact of the matter is that God knows everything. And what you don't see, God has already seen and planned in your life. The matter of Jesus coming to this earth 
to die for us was something that no person could just make up. It had to be the plan of the Almighty God. No matter what people try to say, is there something good I can bring? No. No. It's by His grace that we're saved. He's done it all. But, but what about my good works? No. No. Only Jesus saves. Only he could satisfy the wrath of God for sin. And he already had planned it in. Please understand this. The plan of salvation is us being rescued by Christ. Nobody else. Not even ourselves. When Jesus died upon the cross, and the person by the name of Joseph of Arimathea, had been a secret disciple, went to Pilate and said, can I have the body? To bury it. And they were very surprised that Jesus had died so soon upon the cross. And we're doing a study right now in the book of John. And we're at the place where the Lord is being tried leading to the crucifixion. So I won't take the time to go through all of those details. Uh, but the matter is that Joseph had a tomb and no one had ever been in that tomb. In some, in some cases, tombs may have been three or four feet high and so you had to stoop down. If you were wealthy, you were able to purchase a tomb. Joseph placed Jesus in his own tomb. Meaning that Joseph now would have had to have another tomb or be prepared to have another place of burial for himself. The disciples had already been in hiding. They had run. When the guards had come to get Jesus, Peter put up a very slight fight and pulled out his dagger, his sword, and Cut off the ear of Malchus, the high priest's servant, but he soon was on the run in hiding. And all the disciples were in hiding for fear of what happened to Jesus and that they might in fact be next. But we have a very interesting situation happening here where the high priest went to Pilate and said, We remember that that deceiver said that in three days I'm going to rise again. We want you to post guards at his tomb. Now that's interesting to me. You want guards posted at a dead man's tomb. You saw him killed. You saw him crucified for fear that the disciples who are on the run in hiding are going to come and overpower the Roman soldiers. Get the picture. Pilate said, you got soldiers. You got temple guards. Go, go and make the tomb as secure as you can. And so what did he do? He sent soldiers to secure the tomb of a dead man. Now, that's something because evidently that means to me that they must have believed. You see, you take action on something that you evidently believe, even though you say you don't believe it. <laughs> Because if you don't believe something, what's the point of acting? You follow? So the disciples, in hiding, even though they had walked with Jesus for three years, have abandoned him. The religious leaders, the chief priests, have now said, we want to prevent what he says from coming true, even though he's dead. I don't know what you believe today, but I am convinced that the Bible is true, is the word of God. I am under the... Impression, I, I believe that God's word is true. I've told you before, 
put down some of the magazines and pick up the Bible. They have some fascinating things in there. And you'll, you'll probably find yourself somewhere in, those, in those, somewhere in there. The amazing God that we serve placed his word right there so we can have access. Now, the soldiers are there, and there is an angelic visitation. And whenever the angels oftentimes show up in the Old Testament and the New, you will oftentimes find the words for those who know the Lord, fear not. For those who are believers, fear not. There are no such words given to these soldiers. And when this angel appears, the Bible says that they were paralyzed with fear. The very thing for which they are there for, they're not able to stop. Have you ever tried to put your best effort forward and couldn't stop something from happening? Have you ever been in a place where you said, I've given my best and I just couldn't do it. Have you ever been there? I'm the only one? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, the chief priests put their best effort forward to stop a dead man that they didn't believe, whom they said they didn't believe, from rising from the grave. Their actions confirm that Jesus must be God. So, as we move on, the word comes is that he's not in the tomb as the women come. Now, there is an interlude. There's an, there's a, there is a situation that happens as the women are there, and the angel says, fear not, he's not here. And as he gives them direction, go tell the disciples that he's going to meet them over in where? Galilee. Now, the Lord had already told them back in chapter 26 that when he rose from the dead, that he was going to meet them there. And now, during this exchange, there is an interruption that says, now the soldiers left there, and they go back to tell the chief priests what happened. Now, why is this significant regarding the women? You see, women were not believed in this day. Children weren't often believed. When you look at the status, they were at a place to where... When you went to court, oftentimes the woman's word was not even believed. They had to have another witness. They couldn't, they wouldn't believe. And now you know when you look at the word of God, if, there, if it was false, if this matter was not true, you would have found the men who wrote this, you would have been finding them trying to hide the fact that here is women taking the word of God and going to share. Because why? It would be most embarrassing. That's the time here. But the message comes to the women and entrusts the words as go tell the disciples that the Lord is going to go before you into Galilee. So he takes them, gives them a word, and they go and tell on their way, amazed at what they see. Two different, exam- two different responses of the angel. He never says to the soldiers, don't fear. You often find in scripture, you don't find the Lord When he sends an angel for those who are doing wrong, in other words, those who have been opposing him, you rarely see the words. You don't see the words, fear not. But for those where he comes to give a word to his prophets, to these women, to certain ones, the first thing he says is fear not. I know people talk about their little angel. No, angels are terrifying. I know that you think that the little angel, you can just pick him up, put him on your shoulder. No, you cannot. Angels are mighty beings. They're not little toys. Oh, my little sweet angel. No. You'd run out of here right now screaming if an angel appeared. 
I'd probably be going out that door. <laughs> See, y'all on your own. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there's no words of comfort for the soldiers. But for the women, there is. While they're on their way to tell the disciples, the Bible says that the Lord himself appears to the women. Now, in each of the Gospels, now you have the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then you have the Gospel of John. Uh, they're called synoptics. S-Y-N, sin means with. Optic means to see. So the synoptic Gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they see it from or write it from the same perspective. In other words, there's a commonality there, synoptic, to see from the same viewpoint. And each of them give a slight difference in regards to what they report, because at times their focus may be different. So when you consider this matter of Matthew, as the women are going, he said that Jesus appears, and they, they grab his feet, and the Bible says they worship him. Isn't it interesting that he does not tell them not to worship? Only God can be worshipped. And when you look at Christ and he is offered worship, even when he is ministering, even before his death, he accepts the praise and the worship of people, but not angels. Angels often say, I am just a messenger or a servant as you are. You're not to worship me, but the almighty God is worshipped. When you consider Jesus and those who try to say Jesus is not God, he must be because he always accepts worship. You see, only God could die for our sins. It required a perfect sacrifice to pay a debt that only God himself could actually give. You see, it's not even based on what you think. It's based on what God says is true. You may not even understand it all, but that doesn't make a difference. It's what God's word says. So as the women go, the Lord appears, grasps his feet, And he gives them the same message that the angel gave. Go tell my disciples. And in this case, it is believed to be the 11 that's there. Those disciples that I've trained, tell them, I'll meet them in Galilee. That's where they should go. Can you imagine this good news that's going forth? I'm going to be done in five minutes. Get this. The sadness of his death on that Friday. The heartache, the heartbreak, not understanding that Jesus says, I have to die. Why? To satisfy God's wrath against sin. The wrath of God that was meant for you and me. The Lord says, I'll pay the price. All of those sacrifices in the Old Testament, all of those sheep, the ghosts, all of the sacrifice that God says has to be performed in a certain way every day. Uh, the, the matter of atonement when uh, they would have, the high priest would have to go into the Holy of Holies once a year, not without blood. Uh, that, that, the fact of the matter is that this Christ fulfills it all. It was Jesus who came to fulfill the law. All of the sacrifices that had to be repeated would one day end with one final sacrifice on that Sunday morning. Rising from the dead. Dying Friday, rising on that Sunday. Why? To satisfy God's wrath so that his blood that covers sin could be applied to our life. So, we are sinners, saved 
by the grace of the almighty God. The soldiers get to the chief priest and say, hey, fellas, um, we didn't go to Pilate first. We came to y'all. We saw this being that wasn't from this world. Right, fellas? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they felt, I don't know if this other soldiers are right now, but we came to tell y'all he is not in the tomb. The only thing we know is that we were frozen and scared to death. When we came to, the tomb was empty, the rock was rolled away, and we have come here to tell you, he ain't there. Oh, I'm sorry, he is not there. No, he ain't there. <laughs> the chief priest, okay, fellas, tell you what. We will satisfy your bosses with this, that the disciples came and stole his body. And here's some money. The Bible said they gave him a large sum of money to say that the disciples came and stole his body. Disciples that were hiding, scared, overpowering a Roman soldier or soldiers that were known for fighting and knew how to kill that the disciples came. And how in the world, if they're sleeping, that somebody didn't hear that big old rock being rolled away? You see, this crevice, the, the rocks were set in this groove, and it had to be let down. It was very hard, and it couldn't be moved. So you're trying to tell me that the soldiers said we slept through all of that? Need more money for that story. <laughs> and the Bible says that if your bosses or supervisors find out will satisfy them. Because if a soldier, get this, if they lost a prisoner, they had to give their life. Now, here's, a, here's, a, here's something else. They lost a dead man. <laughs> Supposedly a dead man they lost. The very thing that they were trying to prevent took place. So, confirmation that Jesus rose from the dead happened by who? The very guards and the chief priests. Not even the fact that the women confirmed, but even his enemies confirmed that he rose. He is not there. What was their thing? They didn't want to get the, they didn't want the story to get out that he rose. And guess what? The story got out anyway. He rose from the dead. He is not there just like he said. You can take that to the bank. <laughs> it was even into the second century. That this story was being told. There in the first century, there even into the second, that it was believed by many that the disciples came and stole the body. Logically, just doesn't make sense. When I was growing up, I tried to lie sometimes to my parents, but they always seemed to know when I was lying. I thought I told a good story, then I had to tell it again, and it was slightly different. I thought you said, well, it was, but this is what happened, you see. <laughs> the Bible has been consistent with the message of the resurrection of Christ. And get this, no matter what they tried to say, the body, they couldn't find him, even though Jesus appeared all over. He couldn't find him in the tomb. He's the only one of all the people that have claimed to be great that rose from the dead. And is alive to this day. That's why I tell you, I'm not so much concerned about saving the earth. 
The earth has outlived every person so far. So I'm not going to go climb a tree and hug a, a, a leaf. No. I worship the almighty God. Not worshiping the earth. The earth is doing just fine. God made it. And it will be here until he says the end. The end. Our heavenly father, we are grateful to you. <laughs> For the resurrection of our Savior, the great and the mighty God, the King of glory. We love you today for who you are. We thank you for your righteousness. We thank you that you chose us, that you came and died for our sins. We could never pay the price. It's what you have done. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your guidance and your protection. Thank you for shedding your blood for us as sinners. Oh, my God, it is confirmed that truly, Lord, even from the soldiers that said, truly, this is the Son of God. And today we thank you that you came to this world to die, never to die again. You live forever. And we thank you that we can have and put our trust in you. Thank you for accepting us. And we love you for who you are. In the matchless name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give God a hand. Let's give the Lord a hand.